0: the USFL gambling podcast, week seven reaction show on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by edge boost. Yes. Edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sports gambling, slash edge to get started today. And remember as always folks to let it ride. Football is a unique American experience. A game described by one turn of the
1: century critic as crude and barbaric, with little chance of survival, but survive it did. I don't give a damn who you are, is America, Jack. You know how to play professional football. What? Well, I don't get. Being played in the United States Football League.
0: Touchdown! Oh my God, the quarterback is toast. We sometimes forget that football, being the constant team sport, is a way to feel more successful when you do play as a unit and don't rely on individual talent. Frankly, I'm impressed with the USFL. Uh, in
1: America, this league is good for America, and uh, football is, is, uh, is a sport that is made for television. I'm, that is football. I'm like spring football is going to
0: work in america you play to win the game and now it is time for our usfl report boom and we are back on the usfl gambling podcast oh wow i mean just a loaded slate of games just happened this is the reaction show for week seven and by chance you know maybe you're a newcomer getting into the united states football league well we welcome you and maybe you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to well My name is Colby Swiggin, Dad to Best, Dad, a.k.a. Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick.
1: He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink and um, I don't have stress and I'm healthy.
0: And you're nothing but chameleon
1: lemon-headed coward terrorist pussy and i'm after you buddy you're gonna pay for it good night
0: good night good night <laughs> patty c oh no let me give you a proper introduction but what are you doing i hear a little bit turn the volume down on that thing i hear something
1: i don't know What's uh, what are you hearing
0: I don't know, maybe turn the volume down a little bit. I feel like you're a little loud. A little loud, coming a little hot. But anyway,
1: folks, it might be these uh gangsters outside of my window pumping the uh pumping the pumping United the, States uh... football theme song. <laughs> They've been known to
0: that that hey, let's be honest, that that San Antonio Gunslinger song really bangs. We are joined by my co-host, give it up for former former JMU Duke defensive back The burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. There we go, buddy. Another week of solid USFL action. And, you know, I did, I did hit on my dog. So uh, we'll talk more about it in a second here, but. Before we get to recap and all that action, I want to tell you that the USFL gambling podcast is brought to you by edge boost. This episode is supported by edge boost and edge boost is the world's first bet. Now pay later visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can, uh, you know, be extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with with an increased bankroll, baby, get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet you like, or even use, you know, to create, a, you know, an awesome middle or perhaps a hedge gross. That's disgusting. Don't hedge edge boost. Isn't some sleazy loan shark as they, you know, they charge zero interest, baby. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sports slash edge to sign up that sports slash edge must be or 21 years or older to use problem with gambling. nobody about gambler? All right. We are back on the USFL Gambling Podcast. Patty, see, I'm still getting, like, some type of uh, static or something when, uh, between going back and forth on this thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is, but, uh, like, a wisp, like a, f- I don't know. But uh, we have a problem. Oh, you know because- what?
1: What's that? Give me one minute. I'll be okay. right back. I'm going to do there this for go. the kids.
0: Yes. There we go, folks. And uh, folks subscribe to the USFL gambling. We are on YouTube. You can watch our, our fuck ups like this on YouTube. And uh, look, I mean, this was an awesome week of action because you had really all four games decided by six points or less, all four games decided by six points or less. Uh, it was just an absolutely fantastic week. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think if, if you're a fan of, of the, of the league, you should be thrilled with what occurred here. So, uh, yeah, uh, Patty C, uh, fixing his problems here, but yes, let's start off with, with just a fantastic game. That was the,
1: that's,
0: that sounds a lot better. Um, it sounds like a repeat, or, or, or I'm sorry, it, it, this was a repeat from a year ago. The Birmingham Stallions and the New Orleans Breakers. Uh, remember, this was the, the South Division Championship essentially to play in the Freedom Cup a year ago. The Birmingham Stallions won 24 20, Patty C. Did you get eyes on this game? Because this game was uh, pretty exciting. I mean, it came down, I, I feel like Birmingham was always in control. But uh,
1: big, big. I don't third know quarter if I agree with st- that. I mean, maybe had a slight lead. I mean, for a while there, they were in more control. But I feel like uh, New Orleans was was within striking distance most of the time. True, but I'm still saying from 12 minutes
0: on in the first quarter until they never trailed. After that, they were they were down three nothing on the first drive. But after that, they never trailed the rest of the game. That yeah. is my point. And look, they had it up to, I mean, what was it going into the fourth? I believe it was 24 to nine. So,
1: yeah, you know, that, that they, is a decent amount of control there.
0: And they, I mean, the breaker scored 11 in the fourth, made it a game and uh, you know, but I mean, you look at, at what happened here. The stallions, Alex Mago, another solid game. 16 of 23, 70% completion percentage, uh, one touchdown, zero interceptions. That's the big thing to me. He Also had 22 yards on the ground and another rushing score, but CJ Marable, who we played in DFS. And I know you cashed in on a DFS yep. lineup. Um,
1: Largely. Thanks to Marable.
0: Uh, yeah. 86 yards rushing. Also uh, the leading receiver for the team six for 52 still didn't get in the end zone, which has been a problem of, of the past four weeks for Marable. But, Patty, are the Birmingham Sam Stallions the best team in the league?
1: Uh, I think you have to say so. I mean, I think without any, I mean, we just saw the two best quarterbacks in the league play today. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, 42 attempts, you know, but only 57% passing. 279 is nice output, but an interception, whereas Mago, not only got it done with his uh, arm, but he got it done with his feet. Got a, a rushing touchdown for the team. Seventy percent passing. Um, I think. I think they're versatile, and I think Mago is going to be the uh, the difference maker in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and if you were to pull up, you know, the, obviously the Breakers are, are tied with the Showboats, but the Showboats have the uh, the tiebreaker. So right now, if the playoffs started, the Breakers would not be in. It would be the Showboats and the Stallions. Stallions would be the one seed. The Showboats would be the two seed. But what an exciting game that is. And it's going to be, look, everyone in the South. So the stallions are five and two showboats, four and three breakers, four and three gamblers, four and three. It's going to make for a very exciting uh, final couple weeks. And then in the North, you have the Philadelphia stars, four and three, the Panthers, three and four, the generals, two and five, the maulers, two and five. We're going to talk all about what occurred this weekend. Uh, But yeah, I mean, look, I covered the three and a half with Birmingham. It became more of a sweat than I thought. The over did not hit. I thought the over would hit on this game. It did not. So I lost there, but I covered on the on the three and a half. And then we had the nightcap on Saturday, the Philadelphia Stars, the Pittsburgh Maulers. Oh boy. I know we were both on the Maulers here. The Maulers were up twenty-four to twenty at halftime. And I felt good about this. The opening kick to the second half. They took back like seventy yards or sixty yeah. yards, I think. They it was. got into
1: and, the uh, on the opposing forty. Yeah, I, I think
0: it was yeah. like yeah, opposing forty. But he fumbles. The stars get the ball, and all I feel like all of the momentum because had he not fumbled as he was going to the ground, you're already practically in field goal range. You got a lead, a four point lead. So if you even if you don't get a touchdown and kick a field goal, they're gonna have a seven point lead kicking off to to the stallions but i'm sorry not the stallions the stars but the stars not only did they force the fumble they recovered it and they also took it forward about 20 30 yards so uh that really set them up for the second half boost as they they scored seven in the third to take a a 27 24 lead well, and was that then- uh,
1: a blown uh blown coverage that was uh one of those touchdowns in the second yeah. half yep guys slipped in in coverage
0: Yep, and that was like a 40. I feel like that was how long was that thing? That thing was a pretty it was long touchdown. 40, 50, I think it was like 40 yeah, touchdown. touchdown. Uh the stars, Patty C. <laughs> and that was the Corey Coleman, the, the former uh, Cleveland Brown, I think, first round pick, if memory serves me correct. a bailer. Yeah, yeah, uh, he had a, it was 56 yards, 56 yard touchdown. Case cook is and all of a sudden the stars are pretty much like a lock heading into week eight. I mean, I know technically they're not they haven't clinched yet. But it almost is hard to believe that they'd be able if they win this week. I think they've clinched a playoff spot. So the stars, uh, you know, and they do play Birmingham this week. But out of nowhere, Bart Andrews showing he's the god at coaching all these spring leagues, uh, the Ottawa GGS, all these other you know high school football in Canada, all this other shit. Uh, and out of, out of nowhere, the stars are in first place. And are you buying into the stars?
1: Finding a way, despite having a negative 28 point uh, point differential on the season. um, No, I'm not buying into the stars. Three straight wins and they've managed to get it done with miracles pretty much every time. Uh, How is it possible that the entire South is demonstratively better than the entire North? (laughs) Well, I can I, I can make a couple
0: points. But look, we were on, we took the we took the Maulers um uh, I was was at a pick. I also took the under which didn't hit. That was the first uh Maulers
1: under that that got cooked. What's that? We we, we should be slapped for taking the Ma, uh the um Maulers at this point because they really don't have any offense. It's really pathetic. Once again, the quarterback, the leading rusher, 11 attempts uh, by Trey Williams. The next uh, leading uh, rusher in terms of carries was Garrett Groshek, the fullback with four. He had five <laughs> yards on four carries. What,
0: uh, why do they not run Madre London? I don't understand it. Three I know that's for
1: uh, London. Yeah.
0: Oh, look, yeah. 8.7 yards for rush. Yeah. I don't get it.
1: Feed the man the rock. Uh, leading receiver is another fullback Stokey. Oh, I guess. Uh, yeah. In, in terms of yardage, um, they have no offensive approach. You know, they, they almost, they had essentially two kick returns for touchdowns.
0: They could have won this game though, dude. I feel like they let them off the hook. I feel like they were the better team in the first half. Philly made better adjustments. Philly made better adjustments. The busted coverage cost them. I feel like though, this is one they look back on and say, we could have won this game.
1: I agree. I just think offensively they are so inept, you know, so anemic that uh, you can't really, you know, rely on this team to, to ever win a game. And they they lose more often than not because even though they are like, I mean, they remind me of like the 90s Virginia Tech special teams, you know, always making plays. I don't know. Maybe they're l- less about kick blocks and more about uh, kick returns. But Henny's dynamic, the guy Simmons, who almost took two back, is dynamic, Um, but they, and and they play good defense. Uh, What is it? Kovaya Tazino, 14 tackles. Yeah. You know, so um, they're going to do what they do on the special teams on the defense side of the ball.
0: But you know what? You know what hurts them is like they had a wide open. I want to say it might've been Groshek. I'm not, I'm trying to remember who it was. That Troy Williams, they're in field goal range, or they're like five yards out of field goal range. He hits the running back in the hands. It bounces right off his hands. Into the corners.
1: Oh, that was tough.
0: And and like plays like that are the Pittsburgh Maulers to me. Yeah. That like that defines their whole season to
1: me. Well, that's what you get when you're targeting your fullback again over the middle. You know? A fullback slant cannot be like the basis of your passing game.
0: (laughs) What should we do is a tough play. Let's go back to the bread and butter, the fullback slant, baby. Uh, Look, not since Mike Rogier, that that, that's their identity since Mike Rogier. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Look, folks, before we get to Sunday's action, I want to tell you that the USFL Gambling Podcast is brought to you by the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals uh, contest that we have here at SGPN. Yes, we've got two more free contests for you for the Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals for you to enter. You can enter exclusively on the SGPN app. That's an app that's free to download. We're not trying to, to steal money from you or anything. So go out there. It's free to download in the App Store and Google Play Store. And there's series props and game props. Uh, $100 SGPN gift card up for grabs for each contest, not just total. Each contest, download the SGPN app and enter today. And look, I know my Edge Boost play of the week last week was the Maulers, and I'm dying hard on that. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to bounce off of that this week, but. Uh, We'll get to the edge boost uh, double down play of the day. Remember that edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sports slash edge to sign up today. That's sports slash edge. Patty C let's jump on over to talk about Sunday's action because whoo. I don't know how the showboats keep doing it. <laughs> I don't know how look that tackling down the stretch of that game was <laughs> look, the gamblers, Mark Thompson, great play call. The gamblers battle back. They were uh, and credit the carnal Lake. He really bottled up Thompson in the first half uh, and and pretty much for the whole game, but
1: yeah, right. To the end the, there.
0: Yeah. The gamblers did a great. I thought they, they noticed their man coverage. They do a draw on a, thir- a critical third and 10 where they could have sent the game to overtime with the field goal. Mark Thompson gets like a 21 yard touchdown run. I feel like if I'm um, going off memory. Um, yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah. And then, and then you're thinking the gamblers are going to run, run away with this. Cause their defense has been good in the second half. And then uh, just a simple pass play, terrible tackling uh, the cornerback, terrible positioning. He got himself out of position on the play. And yeah. then uh, Derek Dillon just takes it for 80 yards. This is like a, like a 10 yard pass that he just takes for 80 yards really kind yeah. of, uh, you like know, um, yeah. yeah. I, I was dumbfounded at that. And the Memphis Showbots, that was their only, in my opinion, like their only real successful offensive play in the second half. I know they got a field goal, but that was because of the gamblers. I believe they turned it over. So Cole Kelly, 12 of 24, 50% completion percentage, 146 yards. Now, I was surprised they did have more success on the ground than I thought they would when they had, uh, you know, they had 126 yards rushing as a team. Um, But uh, – White yeah. with uh... – 81 yards rushing Well, and 4.3 yards. A carry is very good for the showboats. They don't normally get that, <laughs> but but at the same time, I thought the gamblers made great adjustments. First half, like Memphis was actually moving the ball on them. Second half. I thought they could kind of put the kibosh on them with the exception of the 80 yard play. And unfortunately that cost them. And I'm still a bit I, like, like carnal Lake is not being talked about enough for the defensive job that he's done. I am a hundred percent on board with the showboats. Defense.
1: Well, I mean, the uh, two, two critical inter- interceptions. And once again, that is the, uh, the problem for the gamblers with Bahar. Not that, you know, either one is particularly his fault. One, the ball was batted yeah. up and uh, you know, showboat. That a was a story
0: in. all game. That showboats D line kept batting down passes. You look at Bahar 18 of 39. I feel like 10 of those were like batted balls.
1: Well, the, who's that uh defense alignment they have? Uh, is it, uh, Atkins, what's his name? Yeah. Uh yeah, Atkins. John Atkins. He yeah. is an NFL defense. He had two sacks, 12 tackles at, at the nose tackle position. Or no, that Getting was that's after. on the season rather. Four uh four tackles this game. Um he had two so, sacks. He had two sacks. He did have two sacks, five pass deflections by him
0: alone. Jeez. And and guess yeah. how many they had as a team? They had as a team 12 pass deflections. Jeez. That's how they won the game. I'm telling you, the showboats offense is trash, but Carnell Lake is making this team very good because if if the showboats do not turn the ball over, which they almost turned the ball over because Cole Kelly fumbled on a blitz package where he never noticed the, the blitzer, they almost lost the game because of that. If they don't turn the ball over, this team can go far because I believe in this defense.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. They have a good defense and they have a great running back. I mean, obviously the the showboat's committed to stopping Thompson. He only had thirteen carries. Bahar, in the meantime, thirty nine pass attempts, forty six percent completion percentage with two interceptions and twelve passes batted down. You well, kind of have to put it on Bahar. Like, well,
0: I mean, uh, honestly, he's too, he was too short. That was a, a common theme in that. If you take away those deflections, he's eighteen of twenty seven. Right. Those yeah. deflections happened at the line of scrimmage folks. They, they were not like, like I, I was dumbfounded as how many times I'm like, man, this guy's got, they got it. They got, he's too. It's like the Doug Flutie syndrome there. I was like, he needs to go outside of the pocket. Yeah. To complete a pass. A yeah. <laughs> uh, either way. I still thought the gamblers had that game when I, mean, I shouldn't say that because the showboats were up majority of the game, but I felt like, the adjustments the gamblers made made the showboats offense really struggle in the second half. And to give it up in that way where they have that great play call. I thought that was an unbelievably great play call in the draw. Mm. And th- they're they're in a spot to steal the win there. They yeah. still steal the win. And then they give up a an 80-yard play on, on some bullshit. Yeah. But hey, shout out to the showboats. Uh, do you find it ironic that right now the three teams with the home field are in the playoffs out of the four? It's the fourth one is in Canton, but anyway, for, uh, uh,
1: for, for an advantage that is, is not supposed to mean anything, you know, supposedly it, uh, it's interesting, you know, placebo effect. Who knows? Are you,
0: are, are you, but you see my concerns with the offensive side of the ball in the showboats. Like, I don't know how they keep doing this.
1: Yes, I do see your concerns. I, I think they're, they're the, uh, they're the South's version of, uh, the stars, you know, they yeah, kind of just yeah. find a way to get it done.
0: And Todd Haley, look, he's in the playoffs right now. He's got his own radio show in Memphis. Let's go! (laughs) Toast Uh, to the town, Todd Haley. You saw, I mean, yeah, dude, I saw there was a bunch of XFL layoffs today, and you wonder. I think they they fired over thirty people now. Some Uh, of that was mark marketing, I think marketing, which I thought they did a bad job of doing. I thought the USFL had them beat there, but you wonder about that. Um, I also saw this. I mean, out of this next game. This was my money line play. Six and a half point dogs. The Michigan Panthers take down Kyle Laletta cheese, who got the start, but then DeAndre Johnson came in and actually threw a touchdown. Looked all right. He looked
1: all but, right. Yeah, he looked Not all right.
0: right. Yeah, but he's he's injured. And actually they the Panthers, who for some reason haven't played Eric Barriere this year, they cut him and I just saw the general signed him, which could be something because I I don't whatever happened to Dakota Pro Cup, I don't understand Laletta. Playing. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I have problems with buying into that team, which I think is so talented at so many spots. It just, it, you know, who this reminds me of is like the Portland Trailblazers in the late 90s when they were just loaded with talent. And you're just like, why can they not be better? Now, I understand yeah. some of that was David Stern fixing the league, but. Yeah. Um, I I certain teams where they're just loaded. The Oilers, the Houston Oilers in in the mid nineties or yeah. early nineties, I thought were like, hey, this is a team that's really loaded. Um, for some reason or another, they can't. But sometimes I think you got to get out of your own way. And I think Mike Riley, as much as I am a Mike Riley guy, I've been a fan of his for a long time. But I think he's overthinking this. Well, now and with DeAndre Johnson's injury, which I, I'm still unsure. I I don't know what he's got to deal with, but. Be, I I just tell you that it can't be Kyle Laletta. It can't. You're not going to win.
1: But I'll say this. Uh, if your quarterbacks, you know, combined for the game are completing 60% of your passes with three touchdowns and zero interceptions, I think you take that. I mean, 60% is nothing special. What, what do you think, like, uh, uh, an acceptable average completion percentage in the USFL would should be for your quarterback play? 63. I feel like
0: it's getting better this year. I'm Blindly, I don't have the stats back it up. I feel like it's better this year than last year, but yeah. buddy, you, you still, I just can't, I can't buy it. What is the, what are they doing wrong? Something is wrong. And I, when I watch it and I see Trey Williams and I see Darius Victor and I see Alonzo Moore, and I see Eccles looper. I see a team um, that I think is Warren talented.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I see a team that's talented and for some reason they're getting in in front they're getting in their own way. Like I actually think this is the best roster in the North.
1: I really well, believe offensively, I, I agree. I don't know, you know, their defense has
0: been solid this year. I yeah, feel like, like they're getting yeah. smoked. I don't know. I don't understand how they're not doing it to me, and it, maybe it's the fact they keep going from different quarterback to different quarterback and the tempo is off. But yeah. something does not look the part and and that's why i took the michigan panthers they won on the money line they were my dog of the week and uh well let's be honest i mean
1: it's still football you know quarterback is always going to be very important and while laletta is serviceable if probably below average uh johnson you know if he's not getting it done he only had nine rushing yards this game four rushes nine yards as a passer he's kind of mediocre you know as well so they have poor quarterback play and what have their losses been by that that's what i need to take a look are they losing close most of the close, time close
0: close. but it's, yeah. it's been a turnover here or there i don't believe yeah the they haven't Johnson-
1: lost by more than six points in the last four games uh but
0: they didn't need to bench him like, the, like I get it. The offense wasn't as prolific without Luis Perez and Cavante Turpin and, and, you know, Garrett McGinn, who was a solid offensive lineman from that for them uh, from a year ago. But at the same time, like they were all there. The turnovers Darius Victor had three fumbles in in, in two weeks ago in that game. Other games, yeah, you know, Deandre Johnson scored. They didn't rule it a score. I thought that was a critical play they've been right there. I don't think they needed this abrupt change to the offense. I thought pro cop and Johnson were the answer. I I think Riley was overthinking it. Even if Laletta did play good statistically, you know, two touchdowns didn't turn the ball over. I think he didn't get a strip sack. I think he might've got, I think he
1: might've fumbled. Um, you just watch. I mean, yeah, I guess 56% isn't good statistically, but it two touchdowns and no picks. You'll take that for sure. But you just watch him, and it's just like, it's not crisp. It's not terrible, but it's not. They're not Dyson. Uh, but it up. let me ask you this: If
0: you, they have the most. Do you think they have the most talented roster in the
1: North? Um, from an offensive standpoint, let's see who who else would he. Uh, the, you got the, the Panthers, Panthers were better. That wide receiver for the Panthers might be better. Joe than Walker. Yeah, Walker. Walker's- yeah, but he,
0: he was there last year. He was good last year. He played quarterback at Delaware back in the day. I remember yeah. watching him. But like, yeah, Walker pops off screen. Reggie Corbin's solid, but love has been an issue. And I still feel like they don't have the depth.
1: Colburn they- looked better for the stars this week, you know, and we think he's good. And Cookis is solid. Um, but I think we I think when you really think about all the all the players that they have, all the playmakers, without a doubt, offensively. They are the best, uh, you know, offense in the north. The Maulers clearly the best.
0: Coming into this week, the Generals had the number one rated defense. So,
1: yeah, I I mean, look, uh, their point differential on the season is dead even, one twenty eight and one twenty eight, and yet they're two and five. That tells you that they're always just a play away. Maybe they're just they got the bad luck, uh, you know, poison this year. Well, let's talk about the Michigan Panthers
0: because. They're they're undefeated on the road. <laughs> they're three and zero on the road. They're winless at that terrible stadium. You'd have the dome. <laughs> that absolute terrible stadium. That Ford Field. That no football game should ever be played. If you ask me, um, you know
1: the USFL football gods are are, are speaking. You know, to us and to Michigan saying, get out of that dome, get yeah. onto that gray field at uh, Eastern Michigan. I know. That's or where Central. They go
0: to either any of those. But we love the Eastern Michigan Stadium. But even if not that, there's got to be an MLS team play at the fucking Detroit Tiger Stadium. It'd be better than Ford oh, Field. Man, that'd be beautiful. Um, yeah, let's go. Uh, but Josh Love had a, had a good game. Three touchdowns, zero turnovers. Look, if this guy does not turn the ball over in the red zone, the offense has never been the problem as far as moving for yardage. Like they've been able to get first downs, move the chains. The problem has been red zone turnovers, specifically red zone turnovers, but also turnovers in general. There's a strip sacks, I feel like, that go back to the house. I I kind of buy into this roster though. Joe Walker, five for one twenty one. Remember, I said this former quarterback at Delaware. Trey yeah. Quinn had three for sixty one and a touchdown. He also he also threw for a nineteen yard pass.
1: He's a he's a stud.
0: a former a stud. Washington Redskin buddy. And uh I I shit. I think they're
1: Corbin actually, back on track with seventy-eight rushing yards.
0: Yeah, and I like Stevie Scott too, the backup. They have a solid one two punch. Yeah. Look, I think this team's pretty good if they can just not turn the ball over. If they can take a page from our boy Todd Haley and Carnell Lake and say, Hey, don't turn the ball over. We're gonna win a lot of games. They and, and that's true. I feel like in this league, the team that turns the ball over at least is probably gonna win or at least be in the playoffs. Um yep. Okay, I I know we're going to save our power rankings for Thursday's episode with with NC Nick, Mm -hmm. but what game next week jumps out to you? Look, we got Houston. First off, I I alluded to the race in the South, which is just heating up, but also every team is still in this. I mean, yes, the Stars have a two-game lead on the Generals and Maulers, so that's the big advantage, but if the Generals or Maulers or they're just one game game out of the playoffs. And then in the South, everyone's alive. I mean, really, all eight teams are very much alive. This did yeah. not happen in the XFL. So this is interesting as we head into great. week eight. Week eight on Saturday, and I'm not going to talk about the lines yet. We'll talk about that on Thursday. But gamblers are in Canton, Ohio. Taking on the Pittsburgh Maulers, which I find to be an interesting game because I think the Maulers will be able to neutralize that rushing attack. Can Bahar yeah. find a way to beat you in the air? That mm. game's appealing. And can the Pittsburgh Maulers move the ball at all against a decent general's defense or gambler's defense? I'm sorry. That game's uh, going to be an
1: absolute slugfest.
0: Yeah, that's going to be on USA Network at 9 a.m. Then at at no- that's Pacific time. Then at uh, noon Pacific, you get the Philadelphia Stars at the Birmingham Stallions. Now, here is why this one's interesting to me: the Stars just got themselves a two-game lead, but they're playing the best team in the league. I think we we all think so. Yeah. Well, if they lose, if they lose, and some of these other teams in the North win, then all of a sudden,
1: it's a the, the race is back. Yeah, almost. the
0: race is back. So, yeah. I mean, the Stars the Stars have to play the Stallions, and then they play the Generals. The so the Generals could if the Generals win this week and take on the stars next week, you, they could be back in first place. So
1: uh, <laughs> just like I, that,
0: just like that. And, uh, so I find that game, uh, interesting, which game out of the, out of the Saturday slate gamblers, maulers, star
1: stallions. Are you more excited to watch? Well, I think you have to say star stallions. It's a rematch of the championship game and, uh, they're the respective top teams in their division. So that is true. Know.
0: rematch of the freedom cup, Yes, you got you got to make sure you highlight it be the a preview the of the Freedom
1: Cup. Cup again, you know. There you go. So,
0: there you uh, go. And then, and then Sunday, you get the Memphis Showboats at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium Canton, Ohio, former home of the Canton Bulldogs. The Memphis Showboats against the New Jersey Generals. Right? That's a critical game for the Generals. Like to me it's winner. go home pretty much. Yeah, it is. Right? Um and then you have the Michigan Panthers in uh Penetrope stadium in Birmingham, Alabama, taking on the new Orleans breakers, which should be an interesting game too on, on, on Sunday
1: afternoon. So what those teams fighting for their lives. All
0: right. I, I, cause since we can't power rank these as far as teams, let's power rank the games. I think they, the, the freedom cup is number one star stallions rematch. Okay. I think is number one for both of us. Number two, I think to me, this is it's tough. the
1: Memphis. I think it's Memphis, New Jersey to me. I agree just because we, uh, Memphis is such, I mean, they, they're they are opposite sides of the coin in terms of lucky team versus unlucky team. But in terms of skill, you know, we would, we leaned on New Jersey over Memphis all year long. So is this the game that that shows, you know, and does that, you know, obviously going to have a big impact on both of their seasons, but maybe, uh, maybe old Todd Haley just has that, Maybe, maybe.
0: And and then to me, the third game that I want to see most is probably Michigan and New Orleans because the playoffs are on the line for both those teams. I understand all four games have the playoffs on the line, but gamblers Maulers would be the game I want to see last because I don't think the Maulers are playoff bound, even though I took a future on them a couple weeks ago. Gamblers, They're probably I they...
1: not, but they both play a compelling brand of football. I mean, they play hard hitting, both of those defenses just destroy, and that's why the USFL is so great, really, because receivers going over the middle, middle and getting tattooed is back, you know, and that yeah. was such a huge part of what made football great in the early 90s and in the 80s. At, well, know, away. anytime
0: before that yeah anytime before yeah. that should go
1: back to 1930 and that was great about it uh, I mean, every time i see it in the usfl and and they don't they just let them play it, it reinforces my love for the usfl each and every time
0: agreed agreed and and hopefully mike Pereira is listening to us because we enjoy that we want to see football i was watching a game uh the other day they were replaying uh the Nebraska national championship against Florida State in the nineties. And I was watching and I was like, man, we've really fucked up football. You know what I mean? Like we really like it was a lot better now. Glad to see the USFL kind of pushing back against that because yeah. when I when I watch sometimes the NFL or, or the XFL, I, I see these ridiculous calls and I just in college, in college, it's just yeah. not as good as it was. So hopefully we could push back and fight the good fight. Folks, subscribe to the USFL Gambling Podcast. This Thursday night, me, Patty C and T Nick will be picking winners, picking DFS lineups. That we've hit for DFS lineups before in the past. Patty C we hit some for some cash last week.
1: Boom. Two I'm weeks there. in a row, First- baby.
0: Yeah, and I finished first in the fucking all the land uh, a year ago. And I'll hang on to that stat. I'll hang on to that stat, folks. Uh, Subscribe to the USFL Gambling Podcast. We also host the college football experience as we get ready to preview, like we do every summer, all 133 teams with a solo podcast for each and every team in the land. So subscribe and tell a friend. You can give us a follow on Twitter at USFL Gambling. Patty C is on Twitter at Patty C831. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D remember we are on YouTube as well. So just go to youtube.com type in USFL gambling and you will get us uh, folks until uh, Thursday. This is the USFL gambling podcast. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.
1: The whole team's looking at and the whole world's looking with a game. rod and shoot. We can really run and shoot. And you know what you're getting cause the with the books we written with a gamers.